It almost feels like the stars are aligning. First pick yeah. in the draft. I mean, money to spend in free agency. Eberflus. Now we got Luke Getze coaching the Senior Bowl. I mean, there's a lot of hundred million, one hundred million dollars to spend in free agency. Are the stars aligning for this Bears team? Hi, you're now listening to the Bear Minimum podcast with Clay Harbor and Marshall Harris. Over the middle to Harbor, touchdown! We're going to be talking all things Bears all the time. We'll have interviews and commentary from your favorite players and beat writers from the city of Chicago. If you love the Chicago Bears and you love the NFL, you're in the right place. And this podcast is sponsored by Joy District Chicago. Come experience the three floors of Joy District. The first floor, Parlay at Joy, the ultra-modern sports bar. The second floor, the Club at Joy, the hottest dance club in the city. And the third floor, the Roof at Joy, the rooftop bar with great views of Chicago. Joy District is open Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m., and Sunday from 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. We will see you at Joy District. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Bear Minimum Podcast along with former NFL tight end Clay Harbor. I'm Marshall Harris, giving it to you straight, but you know, we're not alone. We, we have guests. It's the offseason, so it means people have time to talk to us, bringing in Bears quarterback Trevor Simeon, former Northwestern great, still in the area, obviously playing for the Bears. Uh, Trevor, welcome to the program. Clay, thanks for getting us a guest, man. I've been wondering when you're going to start pulling your weight around here. Well, the first question, I mean, I'm going to get right into it. Trevor's thrown to a lot of great, great tight ends in his day, but I got to ask him, you know, he's, he was throwing to me last offseason. Trevor, do you think I still got it, man? Do you think, do you think I could still jump on the field? You've seen me running these routes. You know, we're out here. I'm, I'm catching balls for Trevor. I'm playing some wide receiver. I'm playing some tight end. Trevor, do you think I could still strap up the pads 36 years old and come back and make a couple plays in a real live action NFL. I already know the answer to this, but I just want to hear it from Trevor. (laughs) There's no question, Clay. I mean, uh, you know, actually, me and you have a lot of off-season reps banked, so um, I know first person. Now, the age, you know, I I don't know if you can give us more than, you know, 30, 35 snaps a game, but, uh, you know, the only validation you need is to check out the Instagram page and you can see this guy can still play. If you can just get one good playoff, I mean, that's – that's all we really need to see to Clay to validate. You know, his 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 love language is words of affirmation. So I'm glad you could deliver that for him, Trevor. I really am. I appreciate um, it's, it's that. Been, I appreciate that. It's, no it's been a crazy no um, off season for you because I guess it seemed probably seems like it's it started earlier than most um, with the season ending injury. Um, how have you been passing the time? Just in the meantime, obviously you got surgery, rehab, all that stuff. But how have you been passing the time? The time is being passed. So we got a, uh, a two-year-old boy, and then uh, we have twin, identical twin girls uh, that were a month old. They turned a month old this week. So um, <laughs> I don't have to worry about passing the time. Uh, it's been, it's been uh, flying by. We've been busy. Uh, everybody's happy well, and healthy. You know? It's Having been a blessing for sure. And just like the one from one to three, that just seems aggressive. Yeah, there's like you underestimate the amount of formula, like we're <laughs> bottle feeding formula and diapers. Like we just run through them over here. Like you wouldn't believe how much of this stuff we go through. So um, that's crazy. You know, it's just double. You know, it's you know after our first boy, it was 
you know, we thought we could handle it, but uh, one to three that's little impressive. people is a that's a different that's ball game, man. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, about your your story a little bit, Trevor. So you're are you from Orlando? So yeah, so you yeah. born out South, there? Southwest like born Orlando, so like Windermere, uh, if you know that area down there. And then, so how'd you, how'd it go about, yeah, you know, from high school Orlando. getting to Northwestern, the Wildcats and, you know, take us through that a little bit. Cause that's pretty far. And I know you're highly touted in, um, in high school. Did you have some other, uh, other recruiting trips? Did you decide between some schools like me? Like I was begging to schools to take me. I didn't have much of a, you know, much of a, an option here. I'm like, I'm going to Missouri state. You know, did you have some options and you just decide on, uh, yeah. Northwestern? <laughs> I did, you know, I had, you know, I think looking back, I had like 10, 12 offers, uh, mostly like mid, mid-major schools, um, uh, none of the big Florida schools. But yeah, I think the whole time, you know, I wanted to go to a good school or use football to get into a good school. So, uh, and compete at the highest level. So right away that narrowed it down to, you know, like the, the Northwestern, Duke, Vandy, Stanford, kind of that group that was kind of Don't kind of send uh, what I was looking for. School, bro. Um, you want to go then. to a good school. Listen, when you're bro. going to, to the types of, when, you, when your options are the, the caliber academically of the ones he just listed, he can condescend us all, okay? I went yeah. to a state, as you can see, I went to a state school as well. <laughs> no, all good. You know, uh, I was, you know, if, if it, means anything to you i was you know by far one of the dumbest people on the team and on that campus so uh i i don't uh i'm, I'm not you know yeah well take us through the uh, take us through the northwestern career a little bit uh, did you play or i think you played early like sophomore junior and senior year if i remember correctly and then obviously uh take us to the draft i know you were a seventh round pick yeah. to the denver broncos so like how'd the college career go and when did you start playing and when did you start to realize that, yo, I, you know, I can play in the NFL, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I played a good bit, like sprinkled through my whole career. I didn't start till my senior year, but um, so started my redshirt freshman though. year. I, I played yeah. early. Um, we had Dan Persa. Yeah. Yes. So originally yeah. we had Dan Persa. He was a starter. I don't know if you remember that name. Um, he was a stud. An absolute stud. Um, he had an unfortunate injury, had an Achilles injury. Um, and uh, Kane and I both played a little bit that my, that would be my redshirt freshman year. Um, and then the year after, that's when we started yeah. splitting time. So Kane, Kane played, I'd play. Um, mm-hmm. So I always had reps. I was never like really the starter or the guy. Um, and then, you know, my senior year eventually, Kane uh, didn't redshirt. So he was gone and I I played most of that year and it probably wasn't till the end of that year. You know, I got hurt. I tore my ACL towards the end of that year. It wasn't until the end of the season when I talked to uh, uh, Fitz and I said, you know, do I, do I even have a chance, like a, a shot? You think I'll get into a, a mini camp or something? And, um, he said he talked to some people and he said there might be something there. So uh, I got a little validation in there towards the end. Um but I wasn't, you know, I didn't play a lot. My numbers weren't crazy. <laughs> Frankly, I kind of stunk in college. Um, you know, luckily I, I had some pretty good tape. Um, I love that. In there. You had to look, uh, you know, pretty intensely in there. But, yeah, that, that was that. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a surefire thing, I would say. So, wait, you know, were you surprised means. that you 
when you were drafted? Was there some shock on, on the final day? Well, I wasn't, um, you know, I kind of got some feedback and it was like, you'll at least get a shot, right? You'll go to like a mini camp or something, rookie mini camp. And I was like, shoot, that's all I need, man. Like, you know, I felt, I always felt confident in my ability, but I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm realistic too. And I certainly was at that time was like, you know, we'll see what happens. And then as the process went on, um, you know, I had two Denver and Cleveland were the two teams that I figured, you know, I'll, I'll get signed as an undrafted free agent, hopefully. Um, and then, you know, yeah. I don't know if you guys know, you, Clay, you know, as you get later in the draft, seventh round, it's kind of like, who do we yeah. want to get for sure? So we don't get in the bidding war for these undrafted guys. Um, so I think I was lucky on that end. And yeah, yeah. I was now, not now a, what uh, year is this for you? Yeah. Pick two fifty. So, um, so this was, so going into his ninth, uh, ninth so this was year eight, in the NFL so. and this guy was, didn't hanging on. that's the thing, man. If you work hard and do things right, like people don't realize, they think that some of these guys are. Everybody in the NFL was a super big recruit and, you know, high draft pick. If you do things right, man, and, and work hard, then you're going to get that opportunity. And you can, I mean, you can make a heck of a career. So, so you get drafted and then you, uh, you go to Denver. And were you a part of that Super Bowl team? So you got the ring, huh? I was. I was. Um, I got the ring. Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> I don't wear it much. I don't, actually, I haven't worn it in you know five years, probably. But um, okay, and then um, yeah, man, what a ride! Give us that the teams was. that you've played for since you've been in the league. Okay, uh, Denver for three years. Uh, then I was traded to Minnesota after my third year. I was there for a year. Um, then to the New York Jets for a year. Um, so, and then in 2020, I started the season in Tennessee on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. I was there for like 10 weeks, I want to say, up until uh, Drew Brees got hurt that year. And then New Orleans picked me up, and I was there for about a year and a half. And then how do you, how do you um, feel about the name Chicago this past year? How do you feel so, about that title? I mean, um, based on what we know, that that would fit you, but does, does that offend you? Does it, or how, how do you embrace it? How do you, how do you look at it? Yeah. No, yeah, you know, I think journeyman. Yeah, people than, call me you know, journeyman too. I'm like, sure, journeyman league, tight end, so. play it fine, bro. You know, <laughs> yeah. shit, man. Yeah, I, you know, I tell, yeah, I joke around with people all the time. You know, I'm still hanging on, so um, it doesn't bother me. You know, quarterback is so much. Um, you know, being in the right in the right place at the right time. Sure, you got to have the ability. Um, so you know, I've been blessed. I've been in, uh, on a couple great teams. Uh, around some great coaches and um, so you've been luckily, in all these cities, you know, I'm, right? I'm still so hanging on, give so. us your list, your top cities that you've played, and give us your top three cities, and give us one quick reason why these are your your favorite places that you played in. Oof, top three. You want me to organize them like that? Um, I, you know what. I've had a I've had a lot of uh, fun. I think everywhere I played. So like Denver is, you know, I went there. That's like kind of yeah. a dream. I feel like that. It's such a livable city, cool place to play. <laughs> yeah. The fans are insane. Like when we were rolling, it was. I mean, you couldn't beat it. Uh, my wife's yeah. from Minnesota, so when we went there, it was like the coolest thing ever, right? I mean, I, I lived in my my uh, oh, my wife's that? parents' basement for the first. Off season, I remember. Hey man, you're saving money. I mean, which is you know, money. It's real out here, Trevor. I don't care if you're playing NFL. Inflation, bro. 
Inflation. Dude, I remember this. There was a moment they had this old TV in the basement. I had my Xbox down there. My wife was still in uh, Denver at the time in school. And uh, I'm like playing Xbox on this old TV. And I had this moment where <laughs> Bo's dad, that's my wife, comes down to the basement. And is like, Trevor, hey, uh, dinner's ready. Like whenever you're up. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll be, Jerry, I'll be up in a second. I'm like, oh, well, that's like, a quintessential uh, moment, though, right? Like, that's you're gonna remember that forever. Like, so that I'm was, in the basement. They told me dinner's yeah. ready. This is like, this is a thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, so that was that was cool. And then uh, I, I loved uh, North Jersey playing for the Jets. Uh, that's a great. Great area to live. You know, we weren't very good when I was there, and I went on IR that year too. So um, it was kind of fun. I, yeah. Um, so that was cool. And then New Orleans, I think, is is uh, is one of a kind. I mean, you guys know New Orleans. I'm not a fan. Like, Honestly, I'll I'll go on record uh, and say what New it's Orleans like, is is trash. Not trash, but I did not like New Orleans. It's hot. It's dirty. The food, yeah. it's not no health. You can't find a healthy food place in the oh, whole city. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I, I didn't understand what you were saying, but once the you start gyms, talking about like, food, there's no yeah. good yeah, gyms out there. I'm like, dude, the humidity. Like, I thought Jacksonville was hard. I show up to practice in New Orleans. I'm, I'm a guy that prides myself on my shape. The first couple, I could barely breathe. <laughs> it's like I was underwater, man. I'm in the, in the, Dan Campbell yeah. is a tight end yeah. coach. He's like, Clay, he's like, what's going on, man? I thought you told me you were, like, in shape. I'm like, dude, I am. And it just took me some acclimation yeah. to get used to that, man. You you yeah. are literally underwater, yeah. like b- playing football. It, it's sweat. You're just completely drenched. It's like you jumped into a pool, yeah. jumped out, and started playing football. That's how much sweat you have on you. Oh yeah, training camp was serious there. I mean, I don't no, know when I you, wasn't even when there you were the there. Where they the we did everything bar. at the at the facility. Yeah. Oh yeah. That so that was probably the year they started oh, brutal, coming man. back down. But yeah, that was, oof, uh, no joke. I had a, there was a good I, one of my neighbors when I was down there. Uh, one time he came up to me. He was like, you know, how you liking it down here? You know, it's you know, it's, he he moved from D.C. Um, you know, a couple of years before, and he said, you know, somebody told me back when I moved, he's like, you don't have to worry about liking New Orleans or choosing to live in New Orleans yeah. or whatever <laughs> it is, because because New Orleans chooses you. Uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. So, you know, I loved it down there. Um, I love, you know, it's, it's, uh, got its own, own feel for sure. There's nothing like it. Um, and then Chicago, you know, it's like, this is the dream for me. I went to school here. Um, you know, we've been in and out of the city for the last, last decade. So, um, I mean, this is, this is awesome. I mean, that's cool, man. You got a chance to play in the hometown of Chicago and free agency is always, always weird. I was, what I was always hoping for, when I was a player, was my agent to text me and say, yo, just had a call to Chicago. Yeah. It was never Chicago. You know, it was always some other team. Yeah. And I'm like, I want Chicago. I want to play here. And now, um, we, great story. Loved hearing it, man. Guy's going into his ninth season in NFL. As a quarterback, that's extremely difficult. There's like three quarterbacks per team at the most. Some of them only carried two. That's a heck of an accomplishment. But uh, this is the Bare Minimum Podcast. So now we're going to talk a little bit about the Bears. I know you my man Mark Sanders over here. I apologize. In He's, got I'm some talk. He's got some questions about <laughs> Dub Bears. Marshall, Marshall, director yeah, of sports at CBS2, Dub Bears. Let's go, Marshall. Okay, yeah. I thought you guys brought me on here for something. I... It's like, yeah, listen, sure. Trevor, I think it's so interesting because you were talking about the fact, first of all, you have, you have a ring. 
Like people play their whole careers and don't get a ring. You have a ring. And I thought it was an interesting dynamic. Obviously, you're a young guy trying to learn, and you're in a quarterback room with Peyton Manning. Yep. What, how, how, what did you maybe learn from that experience, obviously, in your development as a quarterback, but now you're in the room with a guy who is the franchise quarterback from the Bears and trying to, like, be, a, uh, I guess, in, in a different type of role for him that others were for you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's It's – different because you're looking at two guys like at totally different parts of their career right like Justin you know is so young he could still be you know I think I was still in college when I was Justin's age and uh, I think Peyton was like 38 at the time or 39 whatever it was Um, so I think like when you're in those backup roles you know you try to be as helpful to the starter as you can be Um, so you know that's that's something I learned back then you know I was I was learning at that point too I was you know a little kid in the corner of the room trying to keep up uh, like trying to figure out what a, a third down protection plan looked like. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. You, you, I think playing as long as I have, you see different guys prepare and play and you learn that there's not just one way to skin a cat. So uh, for me, you know, I think you, you try to be as helpful as you can. You say, you know, if, if somebody asks you, you know, how, how did Peyton do this or how did, how did Drew do this? You know, you, you fill them in, but there's uh there's a couple different ways to do it. I think ultimately in that role, you got to be yourself um, and, and you got to ultimately play well. You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. Well, certainly J- Justin Fields is playing well this season um, before you had to step in for him and he got hurt. Uh, were you surprised at all based on what you had seen in practice? You know, they only let the media watch very small portions of practice, sure. but were you su- surprised at all? What transpired from maybe early season where the offense was struggling a little bit to, all of a sudden you're scoring in the upper 20s, lower 30s almost every week. Yeah, I think I I wasn't ready, and I don't honestly know who was ready for how electric he was as a runner. You know, that's like you don't see that in like OTAs or camp or anything. And we didn't really see it that much in the in the first part of the season, honestly. And then um, I think we did some things schematically to put the ball in his hand in space and um, – I mean, you talk about like one of the more gifted runners I've been around or seen. Um, but I had no, I didn't see him do that in college, honestly. Um, so that was, you know, once that started happening, I was like, holy crap, man. Nobody can tackle this dude. Yeah. So after that pseudo bye week, you know, it looked like there was a change in like an offensive system. And, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, they came back and changed the offense as a player. I know for a, I'm like, there's no way to come in the middle season and change an offense. So was there just like, different plays in the game plan. It just seemed like a little bit different of the game plan that, that, you know, Getsy is going through here, or did it really look like you guys brought in some new plays and, and kind of changed the system? Yeah. You know, it's in the NFL, you, like you said, you don't change the offense, you know, there's, that's, yeah. that's too difficult. What you see on like what presents in the game is what plays are called more often, or, you know, there's a yeah. few wrinkles. Maybe you throw a few new plays in um, like we, you know, we had the quarterback run stuff in from, from the spring. Um, but like, you maybe saw a little bit more of that, uh, and a few wrinkles, but you know, it's, it's more so how Luke's calling it and, and what the flow of the game is like. Um, yeah. but yeah, like you said, you're not like making a wholesale change. Like, Hey, this is what we're doing. You know, it's, um, yeah, some wrinkles and then, and then how the game's called for the most part. 
Give us a couple now, of under-the-radar guys that, you know, maybe we don't know about, you don't hear about, that are really hard-working guys. Like, guys, you know, are, like, in the weight room, they're in the film room. Some under-the-radar guys that, you know, you look at, you know, you've been around a lot of different teams, like I have, and I always say, like, there's some guys that maybe you haven't heard from, but these guys are hard workers. What are some of the guys that we might not know that are just really hard-working dudes and really put that extra effort in? Because I always like to hear about that. Yeah, uh... You know, the first guy coming to mind for me is, uh, well, the receivers really in general. Uh, Dante Pettis, man, uh, really? is a grinder, man. He can he can run forever. You know, he'll eat up reps after practice, no problem. Um, smart dude. Uh, Mooney's the same way, man. He's like a ridiculous worker. Uh, I don't think I've ever, you know, I don't think he gets tired. Um, <laughs> those those Very two nice. guys. Um, and the tight end room, Cole is like, I think Cole took a million reps this year. That's what it felt like. Like going back to OTAs, training camp, um, and the season. Like I, I can't even I can probably count on one hand the times he wasn't on the field for us. Uh, so those are like – that's when you see that stuff, I think that's the kind of stuff that carries the locker room and establishes the culture yeah. of the team. It's like these guys that are just freaking workhorses, man. And um, a lot of times you don't have to talk about it or anything. You just like – when you see it every day, like – Guys on the team know, you know, there's, yeah. there's no hiding that. So, Cole, Trevor, I'm, I'm just really curious. We, you know, we, media, fans such as Clay, I call him a fan because I call him a fanalist, really. He's an analyst, but he's also a fan yeah. of, of the Bears. <laughs> we follow every day what's going on with free agency, trades, all that stuff. Do you guys, when you see, oh, we've got the number one pick and we're likely to trade out of the number one pick, oh, we've got $108 million of cap space, $45 million ne- more than the next team. Do you guys, how closely do you follow what's going on? Um, not, not a whole lot. Honestly, it's, yeah. it's more entertaining, I would say, as a player to kind of like hear the hype machine go a little bit, you yeah. know, so to speak. Definitely. Like, um, and I think the NFL is like a fantastic product, right? They have like all their bases covered. When the season ends, you got free agency, you got the draft, like you have all these things to keep, uh, keep the media and the fans engaged. Uh, but really nothing matters till week one, you know, like, yeah, you go like training camp is also a fun time. Cause you see these teams that are getting crowned, like, oh, they're making a run or this player is going to be. You know, this Denver Broncos this year. Whatever yeah. you know, yeah, that's an example. But whatever it is, nothing matters till week one. So like the money yeah. spent, you know, obviously that's out of our control anyway. So um, you know, the players, the rookies, uh, you know, I get it. It's kind of it's it's funny to me at this point because you've seen a couple cycles and um, it's it's a good story always. But uh, yeah. you know, talk to me in week one. You know, let's let's see where we're at there and then. You know, truly, the season doesn't declare itself, you know, week 8, 9, 10. That's where you kind of figure out yeah. who's who and yeah. what's what. And before we get you out of here, I did want to ask you about a lot of chatter. Uh, it was a big week for the Bears, even though they're not in the playoffs. Uh, hiring a new team president, CEO, a guy that you're familiar with, yeah. your time in the Big Ten, uh, Kevin Warren. Who's that? The man is a deal maker, yeah. okay? You saw the, the, the $7 billion deal he got done for the Big Ten. Yeah with all the different networks, didn't pick one network. He said, you can get a piece and you can get a piece and you can get a piece as long as it all adds up to all this money sure. that we need. Um, Damn. They're going to Arlington Heights. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's, people are like, oh, to keep them in soldier. That, that's over with. It's I think done. everybody kind of yeah. understands yeah. that yeah. now. Yeah. 
How weird is that for you to understand? I mean, and you you may not be in Chicago when it's all said and done, because sure. that's down the road, obviously. For and sure. as a Chicagoan and as a player, okay, because this is too. You're a Chicagoan, you know. Obviously, you're from Orlando, but we've we've adopted you. You you at Northwestern. You're you're you know you and your wife live here. You've lived here for a long time. So as a Chicagoan and as a player, how do you feel about the Arlington Park deal? And was was Soldier Field a mess for you guys to get to? And we have one more question after this, and we'll get you out of here. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, there's cool parts of Soldier Field. Like I said, you know, it's it's different in some ways. But um, in that way, the, the history, and you're on the lake, you're downtown. But as far as, like, logistics for us as players, and I know fans is similar, it's a nightmare. Like, really? you know, we're up, you know, most guys yeah. live up in, in Lake Forest. You're working out up there. You know, you're, you're, we're staying down in, in the city before the game getting to the game, getting out of the game. It's none of it's easy. Um, so it's almost like, you know, it's almost like another road game when you're, when you're playing at home for some of these yeah. guys. Cause if you're living up there, you know, yeah. wherever Lake Forest, Vernon Hills, you're driving an hour down to the game or to the hotel driving an hour back. Like um, I think Washington, I think the commanders have kind of a similar setup, but you know, the, the Arlington Heights thing makes too much sense. I mean, when you look at the revenue that you can, you, some of these guys, these teams have shown to produce, like Dallas, uh, New England, like when you have those little retail areas, like you know, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, um, and then you yeah. can build it, build it up however you want and and see fit. And you know, there's too much positive economic spinoff, uh, in my opinion, for that to to not be the way. And I haven't heard anybody complain about. Minnesota and U.S. Bank Stadium since this has been built. So for sure, yeah, that's what sure. Kevin Warren's like thing was. Yeah, yeah, Kev's right. the man. I mean, what a get for us, man. The couple times I've talked to him, had a chance to talk to him. He's uh, obviously insanely smart. Uh, his track record speaks for himself, but he's a good dude. So, um, I mean, what a get for the Bears. Yeah. Um, so before we let you go, you know, there's a couple players that I love on the Bears, and I just want to get a quick take from you from the insider's perspective, and a couple of these Bears. Marsh already knows one guy I'm going to ask you about. Okay. I, I sure do. <laughs> so, obviously, you're on the defensive side of the ball, but, you know, Jack Sanborn impressed a lot of people. You know, just a little bit something on him. You know, I loved uh, Cole Komet. You know, it was Cole Komet. I think he can be a special tight end. Obviously, had a good year. I think he can be even better. Um, and then Braxton Jones, big left tackle, rookie from a fifth round. I know how hard it is from an FCS school to come and play. And this guy starts every game. Yeah. Like, uh, give us a little something on these on these three guys and um, and what you've seen after being with them for an entire you know, training camp, off, yeah. off season, season. So just hit hit on those guys. These are big guys. The guys we we love on the pair. These are these are your favorite players. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jack <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, Jack's obviously a great player, right? Like any time an undrafted guy, Jack was undrafted, right? Yeah, right? Undrafted, like so. Yeah. Like when you see the undrafted guys, like after the final cuts, you're like, you know, like you you watch them, and you're like, oh, this guy could be a good player. Um, yeah. But when they make the team, you're like, all right, this guy's got some shit to him, and you, you pay attention to him a little more. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's he's a good player. He's a guy that's gonna play. You know, he's gonna have a long career. Um, knock on wood, so long as he stays yeah. healthy and stays on track. Yeah. Uh, he might be Flus's favorite player too. Flus calls him uh, Mr. Instincts, you know. So we always, always have to give him shit about that. Uh, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, Cole. Yeah, uh, Cole is. You know, I think Cole can do whatever he wants. I don't think there's many three down tight end, true three down tight ends in the NFL. Like 
He can block. I mean, yeah, who do you got? Yeah, like Kittle, Goddard. Um, you know, those are the two that come Guys to mind right like now. There's not many of them. Balls? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that you're not going to take off the field in, in 11 or in, in sub on third downs. Um, yeah. They can do it all. Block, run, run after the run after catch, I think is kind of where he separates himself. You know, he can block really well. But the run after catch is uh, super impressive. Not a lot of guys can do that. So I look forward to him yeah. making a lot of money this, uh, hopefully, this offseason. Um, yeah. And then Braxton, man, yeah. like you said, it fifth round pick, starting left tackle, like, that is about as uncommon as it gets. Um, you know, so for him to bank those reps that he got this year uh, is really cool. And I think with the young guys, too, you kind of want to see them get their ass beat a few times and, like, how they respond because yeah. it happens to everybody. Um, yeah. So it was cool for me to watch Braxton, like, get beat a couple times and be like – and still come back and play with some confidence. And, yeah. Um, really play well. Like, can't say, you know. Play really well for a fifth-round rookie starting on left tackle. Yeah. So uh, those are three guys that got – I can see why they're your favorites. Yeah, I mean, easy yeah. to get excited about for sure. Awesome, man. Marshall, you got anything else for him? No, man, I'm just ha- happy to have him. I'm, I'm just – I'm excited. The next time I talk to you, Trevor, I want an update on these kids and how you're yeah. surviving. Uh, twin one-month-olds. I This I, guy I, took I time. Even... Twin one-month-olds rehabbing an injury – Got a little boy at two, and he took some time to come on the bare minimum. Appreciate you, Trevor. As always, man, it's been a pleasure. Oh, but you, you, do you think you're going to be ready for OTAs and all that stuff? Or you're going? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna... I'm cleared right now, so I'm good to go. Oh, you're fully cleared. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm worried about getting some uh, some swing golf. I'm playing golf in Florida here in in about a month, so. And Trevor, uh, don't forget, go. man. I know you got some. I know you got some tight ends now. You're local to Chicago, so you don't have to have like you know a random old guy come run routes with you, because you got the players in the city. But yo, whenever you need me to dust off the cleats to come back and get some reps, just know that I'm ready to go to catch. I might bring Marshall out there and have him run around a little bit too. We'll give you some good reps. There's no. That's home base for me. You know that. I mean, we got a lot of a lot of throw and. Uh, it's growing catches out there over in Lincoln Park. So uh, oh, I know. There, there's no question. Trevor, I'm in my 40s. I'm going to let you know my reps will be trash. I will just – I'll take two steps. It'll be Everything will be a wide receiver, wide receiver screen. <laughs> That's all I got for you. That's all I got for you. That's good. That's too good. But, but thanks, for, right. thanks for coming on, Trevor. We, we, we love having you on the bare minimum. Appreciate you guys. Big thanks for Trevor Simeon, Northwestern great current Bears player, for coming on and talking to us on the bare minimum. Uh, Clay, we got business to get to, though. Uh, it's, it was a big week, even though the Bears didn't take the field. They named a new president, CEO, as we mentioned. Kevin Warren now running things. And uh, is he overqualified for this job? I looked at his resume. I was like, this dude, what? I did the same. This guy needs to be running. I, I mean, all the Bear. I mean, the Bears is a big-time organization, but unbelievable. University of Penn. What I love is he was an athlete. He was a hooper in college, averaged 20 a game. I'm like this, so this guy knows what the athletes are going through. Got his MBA, you know, he's a lawyer. Then he, he goes and he's been in 21 years of NFL experience. He worked with the Rams, the VP of Football Administration, Detroit Senior VP of Football Administration, Minnesota, the Vice President of Legal Affairs, Minnesota, the COO, the Big Ten Commissioner, and now the President of the Bears. I mean, this is incredible hire. I think I think it's great. He's perfect for the city. I think he's going he's gonna to do big things here. And to me, 
you know, it kind of feels like, you know, the stars are aligning. Because you're coming off of Ted Phillips. I mean, complete different. Ted Phillips, who had 24 years in the Bears organization, they only made the playoffs six times, four division championships, zero Super Bowls, and he was 180 and 206 in, in the regular season and then three and six in the playoffs. So this is a change they had to make. I think this is a breath, breath, a breath of fresh air, and it almost feels like the stars are aligning. First pick yeah. in the draft. I mean, money to spend in free agency. Eberflus. Now we got Luke Getze coaching the Senior Bowl. I mean, there's a lot of hundred million, one hundred million dollars to spend in free agency. Are the stars aligning for this Bears team? Listen, they're in a great, envious position. If you're Ryan Poles right now, this is this is what you sign up for. You got the number one pick. You got all the money to spend. You already have a quarterback in house. So now it's a matter of getting weapons. You just got a new boss in Kevin Warren, um, and he says, hey, Poles is going to have complete authority over football operations. But both have said, you know, we'll collaborate. So, you know, he, he's like, why would I not use a resource like that that's available to me in Kevin Warren? Um, he built U.S. Bank Stadium as the COO of the Vikings. Now he's going to do it all over again. So he didn't throw out the binders with all the plans, which they told him he could chunk after they were done building it. And he's glad he didn't because he's doing it. And here's the thing about Kevin Warren. Um, this, the one story they told, you know, he was in a body cast for a whole year when he was 11 years old because he got in, a, in an accident, right? They, the doctors told him the only sport he'd ever be able to play again was swimming. That's the only and he got out of that body cast after a year, took the settlement money, built a swimming pool in his backyard with the settlement money from the accident. And then he went on to star, as you mentioned, at Penn because he, he's like, no, nah, I'm going to play sports and play basketball at a Division One level and for an excellent academic uh, institution, as you and I both know, having spent time in Philadelphia. Wow. I mean, that's impressive. That's the kind of guy that just says grit. I recently read this book by Angela Douglas talking about grit. He's got grit, man. He's going to get the job done, and you can see it through his resume, and I'm excited that he's in Chicago as a Bear. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of things going great right now for the Bears, and that's hard to say once you have a team that was the worst team in the NFL. But I think that they really are. The stars are aligning. You start to see things. And I think Luke Getze coaching the Super, the Super Bowl. I wish he was coaching the Super Bowl. Hey, man, speaking into existence. Speaking <laughs> yeah. into existence. Doesn't have to Luke Getze coaching the Senior Bowl is a big deal. No, I've been in the, I played in the East West Shrine game, but here's the deal. You get to coach these guys. Yes, you get the hands-on experience, but now you get to see which guys can learn your offense and which guys play well in your system. You know the system you're in. You know what, what play your, your plays you're calling. You know what kind of run play. Are you running power? Are you running ISO? You're running zone. What plays do these guys block the best? You know your route tree? How does each player run the specific route that's in our route tree? I think this is a, a, a huge deal that Getsy gets to be the head coach at the Senior Bowl. He gets to see these coaches, and that should be a big boost for, for them come draft time. You talk to polls, you say, hey, here are the guys that, that we like, that run our system the best, they're running our stuff, they're blocking our plays. Now you got a little head up on the competition because you know who's going to do well in your system. And I'll be at the Senior Bowl as well, uh, you know, getting a couple scouting lists on for, you know, to talk about you talk to you about my top risers and fallers in the senior bowl i did not know you were going to the senior bowl but thank you for bringing that to me and our bare minimum podcast audience uh before i get you out of here clay did you have any dating stories that you want to show we could do a little overtime if you want you just like let me know 
Yeah, so, um, you know, I didn't get a chance to go to my favorite place in Chicago this weekend, unfortunately, but in New York, Joy District, the, the, the three, three floors of Joy. The first one is a sports bar. The second floor is where Marshall's at. He's going to be dancing in the nightclub. He'd be dancing. And the top floor is the, is, the, is the nice cocktail bar. You get a nice drink. Joy District, if you're in Chicago, is the best place. As far as for dating stories, I, don't, I didn't have any dating stories, but I was working this event this weekend, and I kind of had a crush on one of the girls that were, was working it with me. I work for Optum Nutrition. I'm on a year contract. I have to show up to a couple of trade shows, and, and it was the LA Fit Expo. It's a huge fitness expo, and I'm just there for the brand, talking to people, handing out product, you know, just informing them on fitness and, and wellness. And one of my coaches was a senior, was a, was a single girl, and we had a we had a nice conversation, good connection. And she lives in Chicago, so I, I, I you know I played it friend long game here. Um, you know when I go back, I'm gonna get a workout with her, and we're gonna see how that goes. And then um, yeah, besides that, I'm in New York City right now this weekend. My uh, I have a roommate out here. Uh, you guys might know he was the Bachelor. His name's Pilot Pete, and uh, his girlfriend has a friend that we were talking about. And she said she she's high maintenance, a little bit bougie. And we're talking about that. Like, I don't mind a bougie girl. I'm a little bougie myself sometimes. Well, what does that mean? I feel like bougie means something different to every single person. She just likes so, it's all so, relative, right? Absolutely. She doesn't. You know, she she doesn't want to ride the subway in New York. You know, in New York, she probably wants to take and you know, an Uber somewhere. She doesn't, um, you know, you're flying somewhere. She probably wants to be in business class or first class, right? She wants, if we're going out to eat, she doesn't want to go down the street to Applebee's. She wants to go to a nice restaurant, you know, something like that. She, she's, it's like that type uh, of girl. Yeah. It so sounds like thoughts? she's out of my price range, but Hey, you got that money, money. So you can put her in business class and first class and all that stuff. I, I'm just a regular guy doing regular guy things. Hey man, this inflation hits. And us you all, know what? Bro. That is the number one lesson I want men to understand in terms of when they call women high maintenance or whatever. Is like just because she's high maintenance and you feel like you know that that just means that's that's above your your you're punching above your weight. Stay in your weight class, fellas. Stay in your weight class because yeah. you can't go after the girl that you know requires more and then be mad when she requires more. You knew that. Yeah, agreed. You knew that. You know that. You know the deal. Yeah. So we're gonna see how it goes. I think uh, she's coming out tonight. I got my cousin's dinner, and Kelly is bringing her. So we're gonna see if uh, if there is some sort of a connection there. And then uh, moving forward, I'm you know I'm interested in this fitness chick. I mean, she's strong, strong too though. She might be a little too buff for for say you, but you know I can handle that type of thing. You know what I'm saying, Marshall? So we're gonna I get like the workouts in together. Stop, stop, so stop. I like. We'll see how that goes, man. That's the only stories I got for you guys though. All right, well, we'll check in next time. We appreciate everyone tuning in for the Bare Minimum Podcast. We want to thank our guest, Trevor Simeon. Clay, pull on your weight. I like it. I like Get us some more guests out here. You know what? We I'll work on getting guests guest too. We got a special guest on Monday. He's one of my favorite bears. You guys have heard us talk about him, um, so I won't spoil it, but uh, you're going to see another bear this, uh, this coming Monday. Keep them coming, Clay. Until next time, enjoy your... NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend, everyone. See you next time on Bare Minimum.